This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Be the love in all and everything. This is the lesson, and it can be hard. This will be the key, is the key. You search for the answers to life, to manifesting, and you are the key. You are love, and love heals, creates all, for it is all. Love is a consciousness, and you are that consciousness. A spark, a part in this body, this beautiful body, connected to the oneness, to all and everything. Love equals universe. The consciousness of love manifests all. Galaxies, stars, tea, coffee. And once you sit with this and become that love, release the veils, barriers you put up to hide you from it. Then the answers start to come in. There is nothing to do, beloved. Sit and be loved. All will be revealed. Too simple for the human mind, which wants to keep doing. Being is the key to finding the answers. So sit and be loved all the time. Receive that love. Let it pour through you and let the mysteries unfold and be revealed. Valeria interviews Malti Patel. She is the author of Ascending into the Light, Messages from the Angels. Malti Patel has a PhD in artificial intelligence. She has been a lecturer in the computer science department of universities and worked in the IT department of various companies in the UK for many years. Malti started her spiritual journey about 20 years ago, and that is her passion. She has taken self-development courses in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, Reiki healing, as well as many spiritual workshops. She has taught meditation in various companies and also taught spiritual workshops on subjects such as the chakras and connecting to your intuition. Malti also teaches meditation to individuals and uses this to help people overcome limiting beliefs, which may be preventing them from reaching their goals. Multi has a podcast called In Light One on iTunes and Spotify, etc., which explores various aspects of this and self-development, the chakras, and connecting to your higher self. Meet Multi at inlightone.wordpress.com. Here's the interview with Multi Patel.
in your own words, who is Malti Patel? I'm somebody who helps people basically connect to their spiritual self that's within them. So it's about helping people to realize, you know, how to uncover that connection, how to speak with their angels, how to use that spiritual aspect to help them in their life in any way, overcoming bad situations, manifesting goals, whatever. It's like we have this huge aspect of ourselves that nobody ever kind of uses because we've forgotten about it. Mm, Yes, so true. We have forgotten about it. So talk to me about your own spiritual journey. How did you come to this understanding? How did you tap into this part of us? So yeah, it happened many years ago. I was living in Sydney actually, and uh, I was working there, etc. And I kind of like everything was fine, had a good job, etc. And I just thought something's missing. It's like something was missing in my life. And I remember I was at the beach one day in the sunshine. And I was just walking along on my own. And I just said, if there's something out there, you know, something else, please let me know. And it's funny because the next day I went to a bookshop and the first thing I saw was a book by Dr. Wayne Dyer called I'll See It When I Believe It. And after that, I just started reading everything and that's basically started the spiritual journey for me. It's just like, you know, it opened up this whole new chapter, which was what was missing. Mm, Yes. And that's exactly how it feels for most of us that we feel like there's something missing. One of my mantras, it's something that I remind the body mind every moment is that I am what I'm looking for. I'm already it. So this is, has changed everything. I had had a lot of traumas in childhood and the body and the mind both have been severely affected. But I see that when I started that journey too of uncovering the deeper spiritual self, then everything changed. More in the sense of acceptance, Marty, than you know, just being at peace with whatever's here, than actually striving for more. For me, has been quite the opposite. Yeah, and I think I know what you mean. I think it kind of gives you that sense of you're already fulfilled, you're already whole, the more you work with it. Yes, yes. And I do feel like this is something that would be wonderful for most human beings to tap into, into it, to understand that we are already whole. So we don't mm. need, I don't, not that. You know, the searching, the planning, and the, let's say, the desire to experience beautiful things in this reality. Why not, right? Yeah, oh no, that's that's part of the journey. But I think sometimes we try and fill it in with material things and we try and keep searching for something that will make us feel that fulfillment through whatever. And yes. It, it's there, hidden, right in plain sight kind of thing. Mm, yes. So I see everything as spiritual. So mm-hmm. in a way, even the material things, if we are to, you know, to have it and to enjoy it, I don't see a problem with that. It's just the feeling that, like you said, clearly that something is missing. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's, I think great to have material things, you know, have the cars, the shoes, but it's when we start thinking, oh, I need another car. I need more shoes. You know, it's like, I need more of this and I'll feel fulfilled. It's like, Yes, indeed, have as much as you want, but don't kind of think that the more you have, the more fulfilled you'll be. See what I mean? Yes, that's it. Yeah, trying to fulfill the void, right? To fill fill the void. I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody who 
was on, on this journey. She got really disconnected. And that's her, the name of her business, actually, Fill the Void, because she was trying to do that. And she got herself so much trouble by trying so hard until she, yeah, she realized that nothing could fulfill herself from the outside. And then yes. everything changed. That's what it is. It, yeah, it comes from within us, what we think we realize on this journey. My God, Malti, this is something that, that, this is such a powerful message, you know, that we, we want people to really get to experience this. But I know it's not something that we can do, even what we can desire that, you know, to change the world and change people. But this is another thing that we have to be careful with, right? Because we cannot force anything to happen. No, I think it, it starts with us as individuals. It's like you need to work on ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Before we can start to change the world and everybody around us. Mm. Mm, and, yes. and the more you work on yourself, the more <laughs> yes. people then start to think, oh, you know, why is she always so peaceful or okay? You know, it's, it's th at that point you could start saying, well, this is what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> so it's like showing people from your journey that that's how it can help you kind of thing. Right. So it's the embodiment of what we're speaking of. It's not yes. just right trying to coming from the intellectual place. So that's another question that you know I had when I began my own journey, and I still am still a student of life and you know, a student of Vedanta. Actually, you're probably familiar with Advaita Vedanta. It's a I'm Hindu. not that familiar, actually. No. Oh, you're not. It's non-duality. It's Hinduism. Okay. My studies before I just dove into Buddhism for a while. Uh, yes, yes. But now there's something about Advaita Vedanta that it's just so, it resonates so true. And it's exactly that. You're already it. They start with that realization, with that message. You're already what you're looking for. Basically, you are God. So a lot of people, in a spiritual way, they're looking for God. But God, it's already, wow, it's already what you are, not who you are, which is a lot of times confused. So it sounds very abstract for most people when, even when I talk to my husband, he, yeah. you know, he rolls his eyes. He, he gets no idea. <laughs> and some of my, I lose a lot of people, my friends, they go to sleep, <laughs> uh, my family. It's just funny. But how can we, how do you make this relatable? How do you make this more, let's say, digestible <laughs> for your clients? This message of, of fulfillment, inner fulfillment. And they come to me with, with the problems they've got. And by working through their problems, you can, you, they start to feel that kind of inner self expanding, if you like. So I suppose it's more um, experience, you know, it's more practical approach. People come, they work with me. And after a while, they start to get what I'm saying. Because you say it's a very abstract thing. It's, it's hard to kind of comprehend when, when everything's going on around you. And so it's more about working towards it. So it's almost like solving one problem at a time, right? <laughs> we can. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know if you know this, but you know, we have our physical body, but we also have our emotional body, our mental body, our etheric body. So all our thoughts and emotions are stuck around us, you know, and um, whenever you go through life, you know, relationship breakups, whatever, people have said something nasty to you, it's all kind of hanging around in our energy fields. And Unless we, unless we work on clearing it, it's always there. You know, people might say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm over that person. I'm over him. I'm over her. But unless you've really cleared the energy fields, that is still stuck there. So 
I kind of work with people to get rid of all that. And the more you do it, the more you kind of sense that inner self coming through, if you see what I mean. Yes, it's very clear to me that it's not, sometimes not even finding the truth, but uncovering what covers it, right? Like removing the obstacles to truth. Yeah, I mean, I think an analogy is, you know, babies are what, you know, babies have a very clear, beautiful energy. You know, yes. they're all, we're kind of drawn to babies. And I think we start like that. But life throws us so much rubbish, as it were. You know, our energy fields get cluttered with the kind of dark, dense energy. And it's almost like it's helping people to get rid of that energy, to get back to that clear crystal fields that we used to have when we were young. Yes, that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, it's very clear to me. I have come across lots of people because I'm always in contact with different people and of all kinds. And I have noticed, even with my own experience, trying to get to the destination in the sense of feeling a certain way within the body-mind, because I've been through a lot of traumas, so I was always looking to be at peace and to be happy and all that. I had no idea what those things were. They were concepts to me. Even love, it was a concept. But then I noticed that the body-mind, it's part of this realm, right, Mount? It's nature. It's the, it's the natural, part of the natural world. I love what you said about we keep clearing, you know, that's something that's a practice, a, a everyday thing, but it's not a destination, right? We are not trying to be completely cleared and clean and perfect as a body-mind. That's what I'm trying to... I'm not sure we can, yeah, I'm not sure we can be perfect, but we can try our best every day to, and I think sometimes it's about raising our vibrations as well to to kind of always be in a state of more gratitude and joy. And that helps our overall energy fields to stay clear. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. I also think that if you want to kind of connect to your angels, your spiritual self, when you stay in the high vibrations, it's a lot easier to communicate with them because that's, that's an easy, if you like, realm where they can connect to us than through anger. You know, if you're in a state of anger or stress all the time, then your frequency is at a kind of level where it's hard for the spiritual self to connect to you. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's why some people, they use sleep to, they actually write all the dreams they have mm, because they yes. feel like this is the best time when they dream, when they are completely relaxed to be in contact. Since we're talking about angels already, so you have written a book titled Ascending into the Light, Messages from the Angels. So you sent me some of the, those messages. I have them here, one of my favorite passages. I have them here too. But talk to me about the main purpose of writing this book. I kind of started in 2022 to ask the angels regularly if they had messages for me. And I, I kind of taught myself to do this, to kind of channel right. And I don't know, the message came through that you need to publish this. And so I kind of, all through 2022, I was writing down the messages. And I kind of feel it's there, the book is there to help people realize, one, there's all these beings of light around you that want to help you, that love you unconditionally. doesn't matter what you've done. You could have been nasty five minutes ago, but they still love you unconditionally. And it's almost like, I think I want the book to show people there's help around you all the time. And not only that, I think the, the book itself, the words have an energy, angelic energy that 
comes through that helps people. So I think it's just to hopefully get people to realize, you know, you have help 24-7. Wow, that's beautiful. And that came across, you know, when I was reading the message you sent to me, the parts of the book, it's not the entire book. That was transmitted. I felt it. Excellent. Yeah, it was it, it really did. I was, you know, I'm not looking for those experiences anymore of, you know, the yeah. mystical experiences, but they just happen. Of course, we don't have control over it. And I'm very open too. So I felt it. That was incredible. I was like, God, this is amazing how it's really, really not something that just words on the paper or words, verbal, you know, words. We are just not talking here about these things. It's really, it's really here. And I felt it last night. I was just going through it. And, and I, I have some of them here. The one that says, connect to, to the light, to us at all times. Know that you are loved, saved, and protected at all times. Surrender to us, to the healing. Let go of all resistance to our love. You are never alone. So that really resonated too. I know that when it says, because I'm a student of Vedanta, as I mentioned, it felt a little funny to say to us, surrender to us, mm, or right. and all that. But but at the same time, it was almost like um, dancing within the realm of experience of a dream, let's say, like uh, realm. And then in that dream, we meet, we have all kinds of experiences. From my understanding, because of Vedanta one, we are not really having an experience of two it's our own energies. Yes. I mean, then we all come, you know, everything is the oneness. You know, everything is unity. Um, and I suppose because we, we live in a duality world, it's it's hard for people to kind of comprehend. I am the oneness. You know what I mean? And so I think as you do the work, you you realize actually we are all connected. We are all one. But I suppose the book is for people on the journey, starting the journey. So it's easier to kind of... Uh, understand it that way, if you see what I mean. But I know exactly what you mean. Like you and me, we are the oneness. Yes, yes, a billion times to that. So that's what I, I felt. So it's almost like tapping into our own essence, energy. Let's say the substance that holds all this together. This dreamlike reality. Yeah. It's not that it's dream reality. I know I used to talk this way, and then some people really didn't like that. <laughs> this is not a dream. So it's dreamlike in the sense that it's fleeting and it's passing. So it's really similar to a dream when we dream at night, that nothing is really consistent. And sometimes it might seem like it is, has this consistent storyline and all, but it's not. It will end. You know, it's, it's real as long as it lasts. That's how it works. But talk to me about... How do we connect with this part of us? I mean, I, I'm going back almost saying part of us, but let me go back to your language. How do we connect to the angels? What's the best way to do it besides asking questions? Do you also meditate before you do it? I think, the, to be honest, I to me, intuition is the way they, they communicate with us, intuition, gut mm. instinct. So it's almost like honing that skill again, which we had as children, which we might have shut down. And again, I feel, I really feel that it's, it's about to use your intuition well. It's almost like you need to raise your vibration as much as you can to be in a state of contentment and gratitude. 
and it's to just work with that. It's like a, intuition is like a muscle. It's like going to the gym. You have to start trusting it again. And and that is very much to me that the angels, the universe speaking to you is when you listen to your intuition. And, you know, again, this is practice. I mean, I know years ago I used to ignore my intuition and go with my logical brain. And inevitably I was like, oh, no, why did I ignore my intuition? Because it was right. <laughs> so it's practice, practice. And so you don't have to talk to them, but you could just say, you know, in a situation, dear angel, send me some help. Or whatever, you know, give me some peace, and 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 you can speak to them like that. There, the thing about angels is you have to ask them; they can't help you until you ask them. Because of our free will, they're not allowed to help us unless we ask. So you can please, you know, if anybody's in a situation where they need peace or whatever, just say, please send me some help. Please send me peace, dear angels, and just see what mm. happens. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that very much resonates. The way I interpret it, or my language would be a bit different in a sense of reconnecting to that essence, that oneness that that holds everything. So by doing that, it's almost like we release some of most of our fears, right? Fears and then also belief systems that we are separate from that essence. I think that's the main thing because most of us believe that we are the body-mind only. I know, yeah, and a lot of us are disconnected from our body as well. So. Oh, that too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we are the one, yeah, you realize the more you do this, that everything is connected and all energies, including angelic energies, are you and you are it. And it takes a while to get your head around it, I think. <laughs> it does. <laughs> if there, yes. And sometimes it's easier to, for me, it was really, really attractive to not just believe, but to start realizing and establishing myself in, with this understanding that sounded very abstract and intellectual in the beginning of being one with everything. But then there's something about the practice, as you said, the more we surrender to it, it's almost like a surrender in a sense of, it's not really becoming fearless, but having more courage within the body-mind, right, Marty? Yeah, I mean, in the book, I actually have exercises at the end of each chapter for people to practice kind of, um, if you like, practice becoming, kind of surrender, well, for people to practice knowing they're connected to everything and becoming the oneness. So, some, you know, when I started, I used to pretend there was like golden light coming from trees that I walked past connecting to my golden light. So, and then I think I have exercises, I think I started saying a phrase like, I am the oneness of all. I get, you know, and so it's almost like in the book, there's steps you can take to start to feel that connectedness to everything around you. So it's very practical too, in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very much for people to start walking, you know, kind of taking that path and see where it takes them. Right. I love that. You see, even out of curiosity, that sometimes is a great way, right, to begin. And you mentioned something Interesting. You said the angels like to have fun. That's it's not just something that is trying to make the world a better place and you know make us peaceful in a in a very systematic way. Or it's it's about fun too, isn't it? Mm, I think I think laughter, joy, and fun is a big thing in terms of spirituality. It, it's like you know, please, la- you know, they say laughter. Well, disease is infectious, but laughter is infectious. You know, so. It's about laughter and joy, seeing the good things in your life as much as possible. 
um, and enjoying being on earth, <laughs> which I'm not sure everybody does. But yeah, just try and incorporate. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, in the book, when I was writing, when I was writing the messages, sometimes I could just hear the laughter, like, you know, they just said something a bit silly. So mm-hmm. it's a big part of a spiritual journey is to kind of have fun and enjoy it. Of course, makes sense to me. And I have seen this to be embodied very clearly by Zen Buddhists, Zen monks. They are always making jokes, you know, they're always so light (laughs) and playful. Yeah. And I think, again, if you think, because everything's an energy and everything's vibrating at a certain frequency. And so if you can get your energy overall to be vibrating at that kind of fun, laughter, joy, then that's when you start to connect quite easily to that spiritual realm, to your spiritual self, because that's where they can connect to us very quickly. It's like it's like tuning into a radio, you know, like if you want to hear rock songs, you tune into the rock station. And if you want to hear your angels or your spiritual self, you use you tune into the frequencies of gratitude and fun and joy as much as you can. You know that also it's something that's so true because fear and all these other kinds of dense energetic vibrations, they can uh, coexist with the the vibration of of playfulness, of love, gratitude, as you said. That's right, yeah. Right? It can, they can have you cannot have them at the same time. You cannot experience both at the same time. No, you can't, no. And that's where things like, you know, you must have heard of Esther Hicks, the emotional scale, those things kind of help you to see how to raise your vibration. Yeah, there's there's so many. Gratitude seems to be very simple, right? A very yeah, simple thing to do. It's like you can do that, yeah, you can do that any time. You know, you can be grateful for that coffee you're having, that view out your window, anything, you know, the car's working, brilliant. <laughs> right, yes. So try and be grateful as much as possible because it's a great frequency to be at. And the more you do it, the more, the easier you kind of stay there, to be honest. Yes, of course, because the brain chains, right? It's a, it's yeah, a practice. It's, well, I suppose it's like, you know, the universe say, sees you being gratitude, having gratitude all the time. And so the universe says, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'll send you more things to be grateful for, <laughs> yeah, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. So you get more grateful <laughs> things coming in. So yeah. I would say if you <laughs> want to start off, do the attitude mm-hmm. of gratitude as much as you can. Yeah, that's a beautiful, insightful and practical and simple exercise that anyone can do. For me, it started with acceptance because of my history with trauma and then self-love and then all the practices within that umbrella of self-love, self-care. And then, of course, gratitude was part of it along the way. But there was something about that extends to now. It evolved to 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 this here now, which is being present. That also changed everything. So the more present I am to what is present, to what is here, the more this feeling of gratitude, of joy arises out of nowhere, just, you know, it, it dances around this realm of presence. That's that's what it feels like. Does it resonate with you somehow, Martin? Does that, are you saying like when you're present, do you mean like being in like the now moment? Yes. Yeah. The timeless moment, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like no time. You forget about time even like, uh, and you're just here. 
I think that's, I think what happens when we're in the now moment is that we're completely present spiritual, you know, that the ego is kind of gone and we're kind of spiritually present. And so we're not, you know, the ego is not there to make us worry about the past or the present. We're just in this now moment, enjoying it on a spiritual level. Yes, yes, that's it. For me, it has been one of the most, I would say, amazing practices. If it, if it is a practice, it's one of the most, let's say, spiritual ones. Yeah, you you said that, huh? You know, and that's interesting that you say you talked about the ego because I heard from somebody recently that the opposite of spiritual, it's not material, is egotism. So there's spiritualism or spirituality, and then there's materialism and there's egotism. So he said that, and it resonated with me. So the opposite of spiritual is not material, materialism, but egotism. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Can you just mention that? While we are within the conversation of this ego aspect of ourselves, how would you describe that? Um, to me, the ego, the ego is very much from our days of fight or flight, you know, a survival response. So it's there to keep us safe. But most of us, you know, we're kind of safe now. And so it kind of starts, I think the ego separates us from spirit. It kind of keeps separate. And so it's almost like you have to overcome it to then start to connect to the spiritual self. I'm not sure if that quite makes sense. But the ego to me is all about survival and keeping us in our separateness. It's not about oneness. The ego is like, this is me and I'm going to keep myself safe and everybody else can, you know, do what they want. And so the ego to me is in separateness and we have to kind of step up beyond it to realize we are actually all connected and all the oneness. Yes. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. That's the same idea I have. Would you say that when you realize that you are not just part of that essence that one is, but you are that, then what happens to the ego? Does it disappear? Um, or? I think I heard something quite interesting. The ego becomes your servant, not your master. So it's almost like you have to retrain it. Uh, yeah, to then, mm. you know, you're not in control. You know, spiritual self is in control and you will do what we want. Oh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it still feels like two, right? That, that we are dealing with different entities. Yeah, and I, I suppose maybe you know, I always think of this like a. To me, this is the three D land, you know, the three D world where it's all about physical senses, and you need the ego to navigate it. If you see what I mean. But then, when you get into spirituality, you start to realize that that kind of quantum physics, multidimensionality, is very real. And so, I suppose maybe we need to keep the ego to traverse our three-dimensional land but we're kind of hoping to get to that spiritual level of the oneness yes oh i do have a question for you about exactly about that so the ego serves the spirit and now it becomes one with it because that would be clear to me is doing one thing right it's not serving different masters or separate feeling separate when it comes to you mentioned survive survival and um, protection and all that the body, mind, I mean, the body still, I have a hard time kind of thinking or believing even that the body would, you know, the ego that protects the body from getting hurt and all that, it would give up though. So I guess I'll ask you the question, do you believe, do you think that we can or feel that we can 
as this being, body, mind, spirit, can we become fearless? Is that something that's possible? Or just, would you say having, would just have more courage? Well, I think I heard some, the opposite of fear is love. Yeah. And so I think when you get to that state of, of knowing your pure love, then I think you lose the fear. You kind of know everything's going to be all right. Mm. That makes sense. It does. You know, Marty, it does. It really does. I think I was challenged by, I talked to so many people. Then we have these deep conversations. And I remember somebody saying that and, and kind of stayed with me for some reason. He said, we don't become fearless. We just gain more courage. And that kind of resonated from that point of view. But now the way you're saying it too, it resonates even more, even deeper in a sense that we, we know that we never die. We know yeah, that absolutely. we are not the body, mind only. So that's yeah. it. Why would we be afraid of anything? There's nothing to be afraid of. And if we were afraid, if that was there still, that means we're afraid of ourselves. <laughs> because yeah, we're still then living in a kind of duality world. Yes, we are afraid of parts of ourselves. Right. Of the, now we live in the fragmented life. From perspective of some people, especially philosophers, more scientific inclined people, they tend to you know, think that way, that fear, it's something that's inherent. That's something that's uh, it's part of the, the natural world and the body belongs to, to this. So you can't really not wrestle with fear. It's all, it will always be there at some level. And, I, and that's true, right? Because the body, like if something, I don't know if I'm looking at my window now, if a plane's coming towards yeah. the window, it's going to hit. I think the body would react or, right, automatically in fear. Well, yeah. would be I trembling mean, probably. Yeah, obviously, because we still want to survive, don't we? Like, Yeah. Hmm. We're still navigating this, this 3D world and survive. And, you know, the aim is to survive in it. So... It's like an automatic reaction, I think. Yes, that's not something that we, we want to get rid of anyway, right? We don't want to remove that. But then I suppose sometimes I think, you know, things like the media, they try and instill fear. Oh, yes. And I think sometimes maybe we can work to see that, that, that that's what they're doing and to get beyond that and say, look, you're trying to instill fear. I'm not going to go along with this. Mm. Right. Yes. Now you, you're speaking of yeah, imposed fear in a sense. Oh, you know, don't do this because you might get hurt, you know, and, and that will trap us in, into not living our potential and really exploring this experience. Then, yeah, we'll, right, so. we'll think, just you know, feel stuck. Because if you listen to the news, it can make you very stressed and anxious. Mm, it's true. And, and then, yeah, it's like that's what they kind of want us to be sometimes, I feel. Yeah, you know, there's something about that. It is, it's, it is the reality that they live in, right? A lot of people. So in a way, it's given into to that reality instead of the reality that we know to be true. So it's, that's why I love the idea of establishing ourselves in what we know. So nothing can be, it cannot be contradicted. It cannot be challenged by the outside reality in a sense of everyone in their Every mind's different. I know we 
we talk about oneness, but the bodies are different, obviously, in this 3D reality. Bodies are different and my, minds are different too. And in a way, every mind lives its own reality. So you see, if we allow ourselves to be drawn to other people's reality, especially the reality of fear, then it's, I mean, it's obvious that we'll just kind of merge with it and experience fear, that kind of fear that's not even real. So going back to um, the, the angels, so how to access them in the sense of talking. You mentioned intuition, but that will be another word for it. So how do we know the difference, Malte, between the voice of our intuition, of the angels, and, and the other voices, speaking of you know, merging with other people's realities? So I feel, okay, so I, I think a lot of the spiritual stuff is, is to drop into the heart. If it's your heart that's saying, do this, and your head is saying something completely different, then to me, the heart is your intuition speaking. So uh, to me, that's like a clear distinction. The brain is a very logical thing. The heart sometimes says something and you're thinking, well, you know, that's a stupid thing to do. You know? yes, but yeah, the heart yeah. is, is your intuition to me. Your gut feeling is coming, it comes through there. And uh, so I think there's a lot of research. I think heart math saying the heart itself is a brain in its own right in some ways. So I think we're always taught to be in our brain, you know, in our mind a lot. And I feel sometimes if you can just drop your awareness, your consciousness into your heart and just practice that, you'll start to sense, feel things quite differently. Mm. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That See, that's another idea that makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe the language again in the, in the way you explain is a bit different to the way I um, interpret it in the way I understand it because I feel like consciousness, um, what you call love, the universal love, the spiritual mind, it's everywhere. So it's not really located. It's not in a part of the body. For some reason, you know, scientists have mapped the activities of the body uh, with certain thoughts, like when we are thinking really hard and then the, there's activity in the brain you know, that, and then, then that organ, and then they believe that that's where it's generating. All those thoughts are being generated in the brain, from the brain. So everything's coming, consciousness in the brain. But it's not really, right? It's, I mean, it's not that um, the consciousness is every, it's in everything, is that everything's in consciousness. So of course, everything is interconnected and everything relates to one another, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I feel that uh, the oneness is is a consciousness and intelligent, aware consciousness of unconditional love. That's what it is. It has no body. It's just everywhere. Right. Yeah, that's my understanding too. Yeah, yes. it's an awareness in its own right. And our consciousness is part of that, the whole of it. Yes, yes. It's that, it's... it's the thing is that it's easy to understand when we speak of body parts, right? Uh, compartments like brain, heart. I used to use the word heart a lot too. And then I dropped a bit. I still do because the heart now, now to me is more like um, an expression of empathy and compassion. They, when we feel somebody you know, suffering somehow and then we connect with them. So there's something about the heart energy, you know, using that word that kind of fits when it comes to that. When I think about this essence, you know, the oneness that you speak of and pure consciousness in the spiritual mind, then it, it's not localized. 
It's just, no, it's, it's, not. it's everywhere. But I suppose our, because our consciousness is residing in a physical body, you know, um, and, you know, we have our chakras and maybe the heart chakra is, is more about that kind of compassion and love. And so maybe our awareness, our consciousness can connect through it more in our physical body through like the heart and the heart chakra. You see what I mean? It's like our consciousness is poured into this body. Ah, yes, that is everywhere, of course. Yeah, it, it infuses everything, everything that... Um... Everything that seems to be alive, even the dead things. <laughs> when I see a tree that's already yeah, dying yeah. or dead, I see consciousness. Okay, it still exists. Anything that exists, it's it's part of existence, which is yeah, consciousness. I, I agree with that, yeah. But there, there, there's something, you know, what you speak of, I guess, relates to me as a student of Vedanta in a sense of reflection. So it's like um, like they talk about a mirror that we can... The only thing we really need to do is to polish the mirror, you know, so we can see our face better. But we, you cannot change the mirror. You cannot really, you know, have a different mirror. You can only polish it. It's like polishing the mind, purifying the mind, purifying the heart, as you, as you said, or the body, even the physical body, by eating healthy foods, exercising, keeping it clean in the sense of toxins, less toxicity. So that... That makes sense because then uh, we are able to reflect the the pure consciousness that, that you said earlier beautifully about um, unconditional love. So that can be, um, it can go through it with less filters, can just, and then be reflected back, you know, in the world. And that's why sometimes we meet people like that, that they're so peaceful. They're like, my God, I felt peaceful just by being, you know, in their presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've learned to have their vibration at that beautiful level of peace and that permeates everybody around them. Like, it's amazing. Yes. So you see, they have, they have done an amazing job, I guess, with that, which it was the case, I don't know, you probably know him, Ramana Maharaji. He was this guru in India who, he's a huge influence. He was, he played a huge role in um, modern, I would say contemporary uh, views and concepts of non-duality of Vedanta. And he was like that. He was, everybody who met him would say the same thing. Like, oh, I just was just so pure. Like love. They would, you know, they could, didn't know what word to use and then they would say yeah. love. Pure I've love. I've heard of that. I've heard. And you I, did. I yeah. They just have those amazing clear energy fields completely around them. Yes. Yes. And one of the, the experiences he had that kind of guided him into this state of pure consciousness, it was losing fear, actually not being afraid of dying anymore, losing the body. That changed everything. Yeah, they say that actually, you're right. Yeah, um, we, of course, I never met him, but I, I know people who have. So it's, they all say the same thing. So, oh my God, Marty, I would talk to you forever about these things. It's just so, yeah, I, can, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so... There's something about it that it transmits that kind of energy too, right? Even having a conversation about, about it, yeah. you know, about consciousness. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing, you know, kind of giving this inspiration to others, you know, that planting that seed, as some say. Just actually being you, that's what it is. You, you're going deeper, yeah, into the truth and, and passing that on. Thank you so much. It can be felt, so you know, it's, it's very present. 
So um, let's see, I want to mention the book again. So I'll have the link. This podcast interview will have um, on the notes, we'll have the uh, Amazon link to Ascending into the Light, Messages from the Angels. And then I also want to mention the services that you provide. And also a podcast that you host is called Podcast in Light One. And then um, you already mentioned that you have, you see clients, you teach them meditation to individuals one-on-one to help them to overcome stress and anxiety and also to remove any limiting beliefs and blocks so they can shine. It's The light's already here. We just need to kind of polish, right? Let's say not the mirror only, but our this the vehicle that's carrying that light yeah so, i mean maybe the mirror represents our energy fields you know and when mm, we can clear them it's like a beautiful mirror <laughs> yes right yes Mount. yes so i uh, you also have a blog that's enlightened enlightenedone.wordpress.com and then you also have meditation guided meditations on youtube which i have the links here so this will be posted with uh, within the podcast notes as well so let's see. I want to thank you again. Really beautiful what you've been doing. I love those messages again. Your book, parts of um, that you sent to me that I uh, I had co- contact with was really beautiful. It just made me, uh, it transported parts of me, whatever that was. Uh, it's interesting because uh, it's this beautiful dance of um, connection, right? Connecting all parts. And some of them fly away. <laughs> they are like, they're not really. We forget we're multidimensional beings of light, really. Mm, and yes. so these these kind of the book I wrote, um, it mm. talks to those aspects of us that we can't really see, but we can mm. sense them. Yes, that's it. I felt that. I felt exactly that. And I love the way you say, there's one passage that I have here that you say, you are the new human angel in pure form of light and love. So I never heard it that way. I love that. The new human angel. Well, I think the people on, we as people on this path, that's what we're getting to. The more we work on ourselves, the more we become the human angels, sending out peace and love. You know, a lot of people are doing things like that now. So, Yes, yes. That's beautiful. Though. What a beautiful title for a book. <laughs> if you're going to write another book, that would be a beautiful title human angel. So let's see. I have this ending question for you. I'll ask you this question before we say goodbye for today. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? um, I think because I work with angels, I would love everybody to kind of know they have angels around them and to connect to them and just feel that kind of bliss of knowing they have them around. Also, I think I would also love everybody to know that they're worthy and deserving of everything they want or the good things in life and having their dreams fulfilled because I think a lot of us don't think we're worthy and deserving, but we are. And I think the third thing is, yeah, I think if people could just feel the gratitude, the love for the good things in life or to feel love, you know, that kind of high vibration as much as possible, I think it would help people a lot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, all of that would change everything. Yes. The shape yeah. of this reality, for sure. The, this collective reality. Thank you so much again, Martin, for your presence, for the timeless wisdom that you share, for the courage Thank you. <laughs> to, to do this and for all the love that's here. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Valeria. Take good care of yourself and we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Multi Patel and her work, please visit enlightone.wordpress.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.